Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Episode 176 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. You know, I've seen negative attacks in my career. I've never seen so many that make the other side look like the devil. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. Thank you for liking, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about the podcast, and of course, following me on social media. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram, and of course, ChristopherHahn.com is my website. Man, we are getting near the end. Uh, two weeks from today, if you're listening, as this originally airs on Tuesday, as my st- statistics tell me about 60% of my listeners listen on Tuesday. The other 40% of you, uh, you just subtract a day from Tuesday uh, from when you're listening, and that's how far the election is. But it's two weeks from Tuesday. It's getting nasty out there. Uh, I've been around politics for a long time, since I was a little kid, and I've seen a lot of nasty ads. Uh, We all remember the Willie Horton ad uh, with the revolving prison door and what that did to Mike Dukakis back in 1992, or excuse me, 1988. That's like the first one I remember. Um, But the ads we've been seeing right now coming from the right First of all, they are running wild on this crime thing. And uh, crime is really just a substitute for race in Republican advertising. I don't I don't know how else to put it. Uh, that, do I think that crime is not a problem? No, I think that there are pockets of crime everywhere. I think that uh, red states have crime too. In fact, the rate of crime is actually higher and worse in red states than it is in most blue states. But I digress. These ads that I'm seeing are not necessarily about crime. They are about be afraid of them. And the them they want you to be afraid of is almost always a man of color. Simple as that. You want to slice it any other way? You sure can. But... That's what I see in these crime ads. But forget about the crime ads. You know, I'm looking around the country and I'm looking at some of the ads happening in like Arizona and in Wisconsin. I mean, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin was asked to say something nice 
about his opponent, and he said he comes from a good family. I don't know why he turned against America. And that is him being nice. His ads paint his opponent as if he's some sort of demon. And and, and I look, I I know that there have been negative ads in this country since Thomas Jefferson said of uh, of John Adams or people speaking on behalf of Thomas Jefferson because back then they felt that campaigning was openly campaigning was beneath the office. Which, you know, I kind of long for that. Um, But Thomas Jefferson said that John Adams was a hermaphrodite. That was his attack on John Adams, and it was successful, and he got elected. (laughs) I don't know if that's why he got elected, but that was one of the things Thomas Jefferson claimed about John Adams, just for the record. And they became lifelong friends after their presidencies, just for the record. I don't want to go down that road right now. Jefferson lives was Adams' last words, just... And they died on the same day, the 4th of July. Uh, it, it, I'm digressing. I'm going, I'm going on a tangent here, and, and you don't need me to do that. Let's talk about negative ads. The tone of our politics right now, though, is much, much worse than that. The tone of our politics is the other side is going to kill you. The other side is going to end America. The other side is going to, to create you know chaos. And, and, and to degrees, maybe some of that's true. But I really do wish we could have a conversation about issues, you know. And, and I'm going there here for a reason. I'm I've got a great guest today, Joe Walsh, former congressman, former Tea Party congressman. And I met Joe Walsh while he was in Congress. I debated him on Fox. And when I debated him on Fox, even though Joe Walsh is a bit of a firebrand, he was a bit of a firebrand when he was in Congress. I debated him on issues. I think I debated him about like quantitative easing or something like that, you know, something they were trying to do to fix the economy. Or Obamacare, probably Obamacare, because I think most of the Tea Party years when I was on Fox were all about Obamacare. But we debated the benefits of the issues. And then when he got out of Congress, even better, we debated issues and topics. I didn't go out there and say Joe Walsh is a bad, I never thought Joe Walsh was a bad person. I never thought he was un-American. I thought he had a skewed view on certain issues that was different than mine. And we would debate and we would try to get to the truth. Our politics today is so far from that. So far. I'm looking at these ads. By the way, you know, first of all, the Republicans are using devil words to describe just about every Democrat. And myself included. I mean, if you could look on my social media feeds, which I highly encourage you to, um, conservatives will attack me and they will you know, paint me as if I'm some sort of demon, which is crazy because I don't even believe in demons. But it's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the level of their politics. Oh, he's socialist on American. And by the way, I, I, I've had this conversation on this show before. A lot of people calling me socialists are living on their pension that they got from working, you know, uh, for a government job for 20 or 30 years. It's a uh, it's it's a mind-boggling thing how people don't even understand what's going on. And, and Democrats have to do a better job of getting out of this conversation about who's better on crime. It's stupid. And start talking about what Republicans have actually promised to do if they get elected. They have promised 
to end Social Security and Medicare as we know it. It is in Rick Scott's plan. Rick Scott is the head of the Republic Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee. His plan, his manifesto, ends it as we know it. Um, I think that that would matter to a group of people who are very high propensity voters. Uh, why are we not talking about that? Why is that not a major issue? We already know that they would try to do a a nationwide ban on a woman's right to choose. A nationwide ban. Lindsey Graham announced it. Tried to pass it before the election. If you elect Republicans to the Senate, you will embolden them to do those things that they told you they would do. But we're out there trying to say that we're better on crime than them, which we are, by the way, because the economy does better on the Democrats and the economy is the single biggest force in in determining the rates of crime in this country. But Republicans are out there, you know, if they're running against a a person of color, they are darkening their skin in ads. They're, They're blatantly doing it. Things that they used to get caught with, caught doing, and they would apologize for. They're just doing it now. Openly. And our pushback has just been pathetic. I, I, you know, I want to, I know I touched on this last week. I want to say it again. Katie Hobbs, you need to debate Carrie Lake in Arizona. People who are running for office need to appear in public. And I get it. She's going to lie. She's a conspiracy theorist. It doesn't matter. You can't dodge her. You got to show up. You got to call her out for her lies. You got to make the people see that you could stand toe to toe. You look weak by dodging that debate. And weakness does not win elections. Strength does. She looks strong. You look weak in this situation. You are a much better person to lead Arizona, Katie. In fact, it would be a shame. And it would be horrible for the people of Arizona. If they elect that woman. But you are not running the best campaign. And you running away from her is not a good strategy. Get out. Meet her anywhere. You should get on a soapbox tomorrow. And say time and place. Let's do it. I just feel like. Look. I do not believe this hype. That the wave is turned. And there's going to be a red wave. I don't believe it. I believe Fetterman's going to win. In Pennsylvania, I think uh, the debate, which happens tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday or happened yesterday, uh, is going to be very telling. Maybe I'll talk about that on the other side of my interview a little bit. I think that Raphael Warnock is going to hold on in Georgia. I think there'll be a runoff. And I think we might pick up North Carolina. And Wisconsin's going to be razor thin too, because Ron Johnson sucks. And the people of Wisconsin know it. You know, this is the thing. This is what bothers me about Republicans right now. They know, like, Republicans in Georgia know Herschel Walker sucks. They know he will not be a good senator. They know he's not ready to be in the Senate. But all they care about is who controls the Senate. They just want a reliable vote for Mitch McConnell. Why? They don't even know why. Because everybody has chosen a side... And nobody can get out from their side. I blame social media, quite frankly, because people then, you know, 20 years ago, 
somebody in Georgia posted on Twitter, how or on Facebook, how much they love the Republican Party. And now they feel they can't go back on it because their 300 followers uh, will never forgive them. I, let me take it from me. I've got 100,000 followers. The guy I got, I'm, I'm talking to next has about a half million followers. We have both changed our mind. I mean, Joe Walsh, who was my guest, has changed his mind in an amazing way. Like, I mean, he's made a complete 180 on a lot of things, particularly Trump and particularly the Republican Party. And you know what? Life goes on. Things change. The Republican Party 20 years ago when that guy made that post is not the Republican Party of today. They are very different. The Republican Party that Joe Walsh grew in, grew up in with Ronald Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush is not the Republican Party of today. I don't think the Republican Party of George Herbert Walker Bush would recognize the Republican Party of today. And that's why people like Joe Walsh and the people of the Lincoln Project have left the Republican Party. Or rather, the Republican Party left them. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to bring Joe Walsh in. So stay where you are. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Joe Walsh is a former congressman representing the great state of Illinois, turned radio host, and now he's a former Republican who, by the way, was on CNN this afternoon, and I watched it just for him. Joe, how you doing? Chris, you actually watched CNN today. You watched me. I turned. I tuned in just because you were coming on. <laughs> I, I saw your Thank tweet because I I actually see your tweets. You don't see my tweets. You have too many people following you. But I I I. I, I see yours because I always retweet you and I guess you come up in my feed a lot because you're saying you're like you're like a truth bomb out there and you're saying what I'm saying that the Democrats need to get serious in this election and start swinging and I, I saw you today talking about Herschel Walker yeah. and Raphael Warnock in Georgia and I, I know you're as outraged as me that that Herschel Walker is even a candidate. Think about this, Chris, and I say this as a former Republican. Herschel Walker has no business being a United States senator, but right now, there's a 50-50 shot he's going to win. Yeah. I don't, again, I'm not Warnock, but if if I were Warnock from day one, I'd have been just going after him and how unfit he is. I, I mean, he's clearly unfit. I mean, you know, I was I was shocked that pundits after he debated last Friday night were suggesting that he did well. I mean, Joe, if you or I pulled out a toy badge on a stage to say that we were a cop. Yeah, we would be done. I, I'd be done doing it on television. I mean, just from this career, let alone the United States Senate, which is supposed to be the great debating body in the world. And and quite frankly, it's supposed to be the cooling saucer of the republic. Well, look, there were there were uh, negative expectations for him. Yeah. So for for him just to stand at a podium for an hour 
and not say anything would have been would have exceeded expectations. But this is this is really serious. Look, we're super tribal. Uh, uh, what we're seeing in all these polls, Chris, is re- Republicans are coming home and just supporting Republicans no matter what. That's going to help guys like Herschel Walker in Georgia. I think these polls are underestimating the female turnout. And I think that's going to benefit Democrats. I think there is a, just similarly to the way they underestimated the white working class male turnout in 2016. Yeah. I don't think they're capturing, they haven't adjusted to what happened over the summer. They are still modeling after 20, uh, you know, 2021, 2020 and, and 20, uh, yeah. you know, so they, their models, in my opinion, are missing the anger among women. I look at what's happening in Georgia right now with the early vote. We all know that, you know, Jesus Trump doesn't allow them to vote early. Yeah. So I, I don't know how, I don't know if you agree with me on that or not. I don't know if, I don't know if you read polls, you know, for sport like I do. I, I, I don't Chris, but, um, I, I pay attention a little bit. I don't know if I'd go as far as you as to say I think uh, the polls aren't recognizing the huge Democratic anger among women and young people. All I can say is I hope you're right, because history says Republicans are going to win in November. Um, when, when, and we, we can argue about it, but when people talk about the economy, inflation, they're concerned about yep. that stuff. That's going to help Republicans. Republicans do a great job of, and Democrats don't know how to combat the issue of crime. Yeah. So that's going to hurt them. But but I hope you're right. I hope there's something right now that we have no freaking clue how many young people and women are going to vote. I hope that's the case. Now, it's year after year after year, election after election, this crime meme that Republicans put out there. And you're right. Democrats have never combated it. And I think I, I, I made this point. I think that we would have had more seats in 2020 in the Senate and in the House, but for the defund the police movement, which I think was one of the dumbest, most ridiculous things anybody ever came up with in the history of politics. Yeah. And it, it defeated their own cause. What they really wanted to yeah. do was reform the police. And you could get everybody to agree with that. But you can't get yeah. them to say no police. That was just dumb. Um, uh, you, you're right, Chris. That was the latest example. But for out your and my lifetime, and look, I played this game when I was a Republican, and I played this game when I was a conservative talk radio host. It's really easy to say Democrats are soft on crime. Yeah. Because there, there's a segment of the left that is very soft on crime. And then what we on the right would do is we'd tag the whole party with it. Yeah. The problem is, where the hell are the Democrats who fight back on this issue and every issue? I just don't see fighters among Democrats. Well, I thought Val, Val Demings did a pretty good job. She was great. You know, I mean, she's like, you're, t- you're telling me I'm soft on crime? And then she went she through the whole great. career and her husband's career and like, you know, come on. You know, I mean, but that, but that gets so little play. Yeah, and she's in a tough race. And Marco Rubio, look, talk about a disappearing human being. Yeah. I mean, he's just, it's pathetic how little he is. Val Demings was great. I think Tim Ryan in Ohio has run a good get in your face kind of campaign against the Republicans. There just aren't enough of them. And Joe Biden, he's done some really good things, he's had some accomplishments. 
but he's not the kind of guy anymore who can communicate this urgency. Like we got to punch back. Yeah. Yeah. Who can? Well, you'd know better than I do. I, I, when I look at the major democratic figures right now, I got to be honest as a guy who doesn't want my former party to win, I get scared because I don't know who can get into a ring with Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or any of these jerks, any of these bullies. Yeah. You got to have a Democrat who kind of talks like you and me and is willing to, to fight. I don't know who that is. I, I don't, you know, I, I look around the country and I don't know either. And that's what scares me, right? It's like, that's a problem. You know, I'm like thinking to myself, who is our not look if it's not Joe Biden? And quite frankly, I'm not sold that it's not going to be Joe Biden. And for a variety of reasons. And I think Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump again. I do. I don't know that he would beat somebody other than Trump, but I think he'd beat Trump. Um, I also don't think I Trump, agree. I don't think Trump's going to run, but I think if Trump oh. runs, Joe should run. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, Joe's not that much older than Trump and he's in a much better shape than Trump, frankly. Um, I think Trump is going to run. I think he's going to announce in between the midterms and Thanksgiving. He'll take credit for the midterms. Um, and, and he's going to be tough to beat. And I think he's going to run just to try to help keep all of these indictments off of his back yeah i think i just don't think that that's gonna work i i think he's gotta be indicted for these documents uh particularly since that was his whole reason for being he became president by claiming his opponent couldn't be trusted with classified information and he pushed for strict stricter laws on this stuff and he got them and he signed them and i think he's got to be indicted under them there's about a hundred things he should be indicted under for. And look, first president in American history who tried to overthrow an American election. Yeah. I, I mean, if he's not indicted for that, for January 6th, I don't know what he would be for. It is amazing to me. The party that's tough on crime, you know, is basically whitewashing an attack on on police officers on January 6th, an attack on the Capitol, attack on the Republic. They're just saying, no, 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 that wasn't crime. These were just overzealous patriots. Hey, Chris, you're right. You're right. My former political party can never say they're the party of law and order again. The hypocrisy of going after the FBI, the Capitol Hill police. But when you and I, when we talk about crime, most Americans are concerned about crime on the streets. Yep. And Republicans use that to scare the hell out of voters and Democrats just kind of don't push back. Yeah. They don't have a good answer for it. And it's like, it's like the thoughts are going through their mind. Which constituency am I going to piss off? Right. And and that's right. part of the problem with having a big tent, right? You're always going to piss somebody off. But I think, yeah. you know, that's what primaries are for. Pick your candidate. And then after you pick your candidate, you move on with that candidate, good or bad, you know, and, and, you know, you, you think about the alternative, you're not like Joe Biden used to say, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. Right. Joe, so, you know, these midterms, I, I look around the hey, country. By the way, Chris, can I just say this? Yes. One of the reasons I love being on with you is I love the fact that you play old Billy Joe. <laughs> man, old man. Oh. So you're the second guest in a row 
to mention old Billy Joel songs oh. that my podcast listeners will not hear, but this will stay in the podcast <laughs> because on my podcast, I don't have the rights to Billy Joel <laughs> here on the radio. I have the and first of all, you do know that I am Long Island, right? I am Long Island I to the know. core. You, I know it's in your blood. <laughs> so, I, and every Long Islander has Billy Joel stories, and I have many Billy Joel stories. Especially when I worked for Senator Schumer, I got to spend a lot of time with Billy Joel. It was one of the <laughs> great thrills of my career, frankly. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, so, uh, so yes, Billy Joel is the man, and uh, you know, I, I you know when he started doing a residency at Madison Square Garden. A friend of mine who I go to a lot of concerts with, we were like, how many times a year are we going to go see him? Like two, three, four? <laughs> like I, I've seen him like 20 <laughs> times. So, so <laughs> yes. And it is. And by the way, Joe, I was, te- I tell this story a lot. I go to Billy Joel concerts all the time and you look around Billy Joel concerts. It's like middle-aged, mostly white. And I'm assuming 70% of the people in there don't agree with me politically. Oh yeah. yeah. But when Billy Joel sings Piano Man, we all stand up and we sing piano, man. Amen. Right? And it gives me hope. It's like me and you. Like, you and I, we've been talking politics back when you were like Joe Walsh, you know, conservative firebrand radio host. I think I may have even debated you on Fox when you were actually a member of Congress. With fight on Fox News. Yes. I never thought you were a bad human being. I didn't like your right. positions. Right? Right. And but I, I love you now. I, I see your stuff. I, I'm I'm following you. I'm I'm reading what you're writing. And and you know what I love the most about you is you seek the truth. And it's it's it, and that's the kind of thing like when you go to a concert like that. And I'm a Yankee fan. I'm going to be at the game on Saturday. Um, I know most of the people that don't agree with people recognize. I, I you know how I know it. I get recognized a lot there, <laughs> right? Yeah. And most yeah. people know me from Fox. The News Nation stuff hasn't really caught on yet, but the people know me from Fox. And and they come up to me and they're nice as hell, and it gives me hope. It's a riot. It gives me hope. I, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've got the same reaction from people out there. I mean, you're out there. You you have been very critical of Trump. Yeah. And you were once a supporter of Trump. So I don't know if people, you know, they they recognize you from television or they recognize you from being their their congressman. Are they giving you hope? Or are they giving you? Are you are you feeling sad about it? Well, I, I mean, generally, because I left the right and I left the mega cult, I mean, those people hate me and, and I'm a traitor and I still get threats and all of that every day. I find hope when I think about the rest of the country. I mean, people like you, though you and I always did get along personally, yes. but a lot of people on the left who hated me, um, now, you know, I can lock arms with because we're in this battle to save democracy. Mm. And I think we're going to be in it for a while. And I think it's a damn good thing. I think we're going to be in it for a while too. I just hope we win it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 I was, I always think, you know, I'm so lucky and fortunate in life to be here at this time, right? At the greatness, the pinnacle of American greatness, uh, where we had access to so much and, and we had access to so much because of the stability of our politics, quite frankly. We're not going to win it if people don't vote in three weeks. I mean, I keep seeing polls where 23% of young people in America think they're going to vote. 23%. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, if, 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 if that happens, if people don't come out, I mean, this is the first election, the first national election 
since my former political party tried to overthrow an election. Yeah. If that doesn't get everybody up off their ass and vote, mm. then, then we're cooked. I don't know how anybody is even, you know, anybody who believes in democracy could see how these people are whitewashing this nonsense and still think it's okay to give them another chance. Oh, oh gas is up 50 cents a gallon. We got we to get rid of everything. I don't get it. I don't. I get it. People are hurting. I get that part. I get that part crystal clear. I mean, look, I do really well, and I'm concerned about prices. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like, I don't understand how that can drive you more than the fear that we might slip into something very different than what we are. Because I think, I think our candidates and the Democrats have done a lousy job of explaining what they mean when they say our democracy is endangered. I think most people don't understand what that means. Mm. They don't get it. I think they care. I think they would care. they would fight to save our democracy. I don't think they know what that means. And I put that on us and candidates for not explaining it well enough. What, what do you think it would take to explain it well enough, though? Like, what is it going to take? I mean, I, there's a certain segment of the population who totally gets it. But then there's a big segment that doesn't. Yeah, and forget them. And, and again, I talk to Mega every day. Most mega don't care. Mm. They, they don't believe it and they don't care. But there are so many low information voters in the middle yeah. who just don't understand what you mean. And so you got to really drill down. If it, it, And you drill down to this, Chris. We have elections every two years. There are winners and losers. Yep. All of us Americans, there's this silent promise pledge we've made with each other that we accept the results. Of right. The you tip if you your cap. that away... If you take that away, the democracy's done. It's it's insane. It's insane. Joe, we're heading into this midterm election. You know, people say that Trump created this emotional bond with his supporters. That is why they are so fervent about him. And I will tell you, I have an emotional bond with the New York Yankees. <laughs> but when they lost last night, I did not try to kill any umpires. And nor would I ever. I would say we need a better bullpen, which is true. <laughs> so I, I don't get it, yeah. Joe. I don't un- understand it. I mean, do you, you, you feel that? I, I, uh, uh, I come from that world. So I'm a, I escaped the cult. I'm a reformed gangbanger. So I get it. Look, for years and years, these people have felt beaten down, ignored, laughed at, and dismissed. And along came a jackass who said, I'm going to punch those people who've been laughing at you, dismissing you, and ignoring you. Right. And the minute he said that to them, because they all told me this, they all said, finally, I got my guy. Mm. And they have clung to him ever since, because he punches the people that they believe have been punching them forever. Why do you think they believe that? You think that they just don't, like, I, do you think it's that they can't compete in this economy or was there something that should have been done to bring them along in the economy that was not done? And, and by the way, yeah, it, was, it wasn't just Democrats who didn't do it and, it, and Donald Trump didn't even do it. No, no, I, I, I'm not. And I'm not just talking about Republicans. Look, the Democrats kind of suck too. And uh, uh, that's why Bernie Sanders was so popular. Yeah. Um, the, these we're talking about voters that were ignored. I think a big part of it is, we're talking about middle-aged and older white men and women. Yeah. And in their defense, you know, stuff's been changing, like, really fast. 
And, and it's dizzy how, like, they believe their America has almost changed overnight. Yeah. Now, what, what should have happened, Chris, is we should have sat them down and talked to them and educated them and told them what was going on. But too often we just ignored them, so they grew more bitter and resentful. Yeah. But they didn't get anything for their bitterness and resentment that gave them that. I mean, they, it's, I don't feel like he was good for them. Oh, no, it's all it's all bull. Right. Demagogue. He, he he sold them a bunch of lies. Right. He told them, if you vote for me, I'll bring that coal plant back. If you vote for me, I'll let you say Merry Christmas again. Right. If you vote for me, men will marry women and women will marry men. I, I used to always love it. I used to go on O'Reilly regularly. Yeah. And O'Reilly would always start the war on Christmas sometime right around now. That was his issue. It was his favorite thing to talk about. And and today, before I, I had to go buy a light bulb on my way to the studio because my daughter's lights were out in her room. And I needed a specialized light bulb that I did not have in the house. So I went to a major box store to buy a light bulb. And when I walked in, I saw a lot of Christmas trees. So the, the war on Christmas has begun and Christmas has already advanced into the stores and they are taking yeah. over. Like, like the war on Christmas is the biggest joke in the world. Well, here's, but Chris, you know how this works because I used to do some of that in right-wing media. You find one example in South Dakota right. of, a, of a parade, a Christmas parade that won't allow religious songs like Silent Night is right. Parade. Right. You find one example of that, and you go on Fox News that night, and they tell you, Hannity or Carlson will tell you, this is happening all over the country. Yeah, the liberals are trying to brainwash your children. Example. Right, right. The, the, the best is when they would talk about Santa Claus and how liberals are trying to get rid of Santa Claus. And I grew up in a very evangelical Christian home, like super... Yeah. You know, my mother and I do not agree politically. We can't even talk about politics. Thanksgiving, we, we we talk about vacations, the kids, and that's it. We do not talk about politics in my house. <laughs> but Santa Claus was the devil, according to my mother. Okay? And I would go on Fox News, and I would debate with Megan freaking Kelly about yeah. Santa Claus and how liberals are trying to get rid of Santa Claus. I'm like, it's not just liberals trying to get rid of Santa Claus. It's evangelical Christians who I don't understand how they support these people. I don't get. I mean, Herschel Walker. Even you tell me, evangelical Christians are going to vote for that guy? Yeah, because they believe he's found redemption. Yeah. Again, in their in their heads, they can use any justification. Chris, it's the same. I mean, again, this culture war BS of which I was guilty of playing too much as well. Again, you find one example of a high school where a transgender male. Is in a is in the girls' right. room or shower, and you make it sound like this is an inde- a pandemic all over the country. It's um, insane. It, it's it's but but I uh, going back to what you and I talked about before, Chris. Democrats don't fight on this culture war stuff. I, I think if they fought back, most Americans agree with them on this BS. Yeah, I mean, I always say the most popular appearance I ever did on Fox was when I just told some conservative to stop being an idiot on TV. Uh, Michael Knowles, I called him out. He was in like name calling against Greta Thunberg. Everybody talks about my appearances with Giuliani and how they were great appearances. Yeah. 
But the one people always brings up to me, I remember when you punched that guy in the face. I mean, it really, I didn't literally punch him in the face, but like <laughs> he was saying something and I told him to stop talking. You know, you're, you're a grown man on national television and you're making fun of a child. If you had any, any way to figure out this issue, if you had any real solutions here, you wouldn't have to do that. And, and I don't understand why I, I get it. I have been in politics and I've worked for cautious politicians who've won and I've worked for aggressive politicians who've lost. And I get that there's some of that to it, but it doesn't seem, it always seems that it's the Democrats who are most cautious. I don't think, a, a Chris, I don't think Democrats have recognized that we're living in a very populous moment in American history. Yeah. Regular, regular people are pissed off at our institutions and political system, I believe, with a lot of good cause. Now, Republicans use that, and they propose ugly, bad, evil populist answers. But Democrats don't even recognize this populist anger and how to challenge, channel it to good ends. Mm. It, it, it's a shame because they're, they're just ceding the whole turf to Republicans. We can't let them do that. All right. I only have a couple minutes left with you. I got to ask you about Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. And the Congress. I mean, you knew the guy. You, you, He's a tool. He's a freaking tool. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. But this whole situation, like earlier this week, saying there will not be a blank check for Ukraine. This is a guy who made it very clear that he understood that Donald Trump was somehow in the pocket of Putin. Yeah. And now he's out there basically parroting Putin talking points. Well, you shouldn't be giving the money here. I, I don't. He's, he's aiding and abetting this guy. I mean, what do you make I, of that? And, and and I know McCarthy well. And when McCarthy said that, Chris, I can tell you McCarthy doesn't believe that. That's McCarthy throwing a bone to his crazy wing, which is pro Right. Um, he's McCarthy's cut a deal with his crazy wing to let him be speaker, but in in uh, in exchange for that, they've told McCarthy, "You've got to you've got to publicly." Uh, voice our bottom line on a number of issues. Mm. McCarthy really doesn't believe that, and he won't push it. And by the way, it, it won't go anywhere because in the Senate, Republicans, Senate Republicans, Mitch McConnell, are very pro. Let's help Ukraine. Yeah, I mean McConnell came out and denounced it. Yeah, McCarthy's a tool, Chris. All he wants to do is be speaker. Do you think he will actually be speaker? Because I do not. I, I I do I could be wrong, but I do only because I know he's cut a deal with the crazy. Right. To be, but but can you ever really cut a deal with somebody who's crazy? I mean, just right. They, well, that's a great point, Chris. They could go back on the deal. So, but but right now he thinks he's got it. I mean, I think he's not going to have as big a majority as he thinks. I think the majority will be between ten and twenty seats, which is not a big margin of error in the House. Uh, have you given up all hope that he won't have a majority? No, I I think gerrymandering is a hell of a drug, and I think yeah. he wins on the uh, he wins on the gerrymander alone, and that's like ten do, seats. Do the Democrats hold the Senate? The Democrats hold the Senate. I do not believe Herschel Walker will win, and I think Fetterman Fetterman put on a tie today. I saw that, and I really I have been yelling into my podcast and into the radio and even on television when I hosted on News Nation over the summer. I said the man needs to put on a freaking tie. 
because the you know Pennsylvania is a one percent state, and if one percent of the people say, "Well, this guy's not taking it seriously," he's wearing a hoodie and don't vote for him, he's going to lose. And he put on a tie today, and it made me very happy. And just like Herschel Walker, the bar for Fetterman in a debate is yeah. incredibly low. Incredibly low. And he's going to clear it. And yeah. and then what do you? That, that's the end. He's going to win. I mean, the, the the Democrat at the top of the ticket, Shapiro, is running away with it because he's running against a Nazi. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think we hold on to the Senate. I think we might lose that New Mexico seat, but I think we're going to make up for it. Uh, and I, I, I'm not giving up on Ohio either. And Oh, no. I, I God, I want Tim Ryan to beat J.D. Vance. Here's the thing, though. If Republicans do take back the House, in a weird way, it will help Democrats in 24, because all Republicans are going to do is investigate stuff, yep. impeach people, and yep. not do a damn thing for the American people. Well, Joe, as always, this has gone by incredibly Best. fast, because you're a great conversationalist, and I, I really do enjoy talking to you. Joe, where do you want people to find you? On Twitter, at Walsh Freedom, and look for my podcast, White Flag with Joe Walsh. First time, you're the best. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. All right. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate talking to Joe Walsh and how often he comes on the show and his point of view. And and really, at great personal cost, let's be clear, you know, he was a conservative radio host and he was doing real well. And those days are over for him. Uh, You know, I I, I know he's doing a lot of media appearances and he's doing great, but you know, the, the key to fame in the conservative, in the radio world even, I mean, I have this problem. I mean, they want to hear what they want to hear. There isn't the market for, you know, Joe Walsh, I wouldn't call him a liberal. He's not a liberal by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, he's an old school conservative in a lot of ways. But Joe's a pragmatist. And there's no, you know, there's no audience for that right now at least over the air. I mean, there are some places like podcasts like we do great on and Joe's got a great podcast and I highly encourage you to download it and he's doing fantastic with that. But, you know, Joe was well on his way. I mean, he might have been the replacement for Rush Limbaugh for all we know. But his conscience got the better of him. And he could not support what he saw from Donald Trump. And you got to appreciate that from him. Whatever you think of him. Or his politics prior to uh, to what what's gone on here. I happen to love him for it. So let me just end tonight. There's a major debate Tuesday evening in Pennsylvania. It will not conflict with the Phillies because they won their series, and there is no Phillies game. There's no baseball till Friday. Uh, there's no baseball for me until April. I was I'm a Yankee fan, as you know, and uh, I, I will not be paying any attention to baseball. Uh, until April, maybe I'll tune into spring training. I don't know, but I'm I'm done. I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> Especially, you know, the games they played at home. I was at one of them, and and they didn't hit. Yeah, so let's just leave it at that. I don't I don't want to go there. But Fetterman will have the attention of Pennsylvanians if they choose to give it to him, 
And I hope that the media has as low a bar for Fetterman as they had for Herschel Walker. And I don't think Fetterman's going to pull out a, a toy police badge because he's some sort of police buff. And quite frankly, I think Fetterman's going to be a lot better at this debate than people think. Because frankly, if he's not ready to debate, if he's not able to get out there and actually talk in a way that makes sense and looks like he's comprehending, his campaign is committing malpractice. Because they did a great job over the summer burying Dr. Oz with Dr. Oz's own words. I find it hard to believe that this campaign, which has been so well run, is going to put their candidate in a position where he will not be able to perform or at least exceed expectations. The expectations are incredibly low. Set by Dr. Oz himself because Dr. Oz can't help himself. The only thing Dr. Oz should have been saying about Fetterman's health condition was, I hope he recovers quickly so we can have a conversation about what's in the best interest of Pennsylvanians. Instead, he made his health an issue. And he lowered expectations for Fetterman. They are extremely low right now. They are so low, he should be easily over them after the debate on Tuesday night. But we'll find out. If he's not, I'll be back here next week and I'll tell you that because I always tell you the truth as I see it, as I end my show every every week with that. I'm going to be just doing, I'm going to be doing that. I'll be saying that in about a minute. But I, I have a feeling he's going to do fine and I have a feeling that he's going to win. And by the way, even if he doesn't do fine, I think he's going to win anyway because I find it really hard to believe and I've said this before, that Shapiro is going to dominate the way the polls are saying he's going to dominate and Fetterman has any chance of losing. Fetterman's ahead in the polls. Um, Shapiro is way ahead in the polls. He's running against a, a, you know, a guy who's practically a Nazi, but he is beating him handily. So uh, Mastriano is a man who wears his, uh, you know, his problems on his sleeves. I mean, I don't want to go out there and call him a racist. I, I don't know. I, he seems pretty racist to me. I don't know if he is or isn't. Uh, I think the people of Pennsylvania understand who he is. I think he's shown them who he is and they believe him and they are not going to be sending him to Harrisburg to run their state. Not going to happen. And I find it hard to believe that Shapiro is going to win by 10 and Fetterman has any chance of losing in Pennsylvania. I don't think Shapiro is going to win by 10, but I think he's going to win by four. And that gives plenty of room for Fetterman. And all he's got to do is tiptoe over that low bar set by Dr. Oz and the media and his campaign to an extent for him. And it's all over. So, all right. I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 